Hey everyone, welcome to the Honest as a Mother podcast. I am your host, Amanda, and I am here to help break down walls, have conversations, and normalize all aspects of motherhood. This shit is so hard. We need to band together, let down our walls, and start talking about what motherhood is really like. everyone welcome back to the honest as a mother podcast you are back with amanda today i have a very cool guest that i'm very excited to introduce you guys to her name is sharana ali sharana is the owner and founder of the boss the six edition she is a divorcee and a single mother who lives here in toronto i asked sharana to come on and discuss being a single parent with me especially because we're going into the holiday season and i know there's going to be a lot of parents who are struggling with that. So I asked her to come on and kind of share her experience, her thoughts, her fears with us and kind of what being a single parent is really like, as well as I really want her to share the pros and cons, because when I think about being a single parent, I think all I can think about is cons. And I know there's a positive side to this. So I know Sharana is very open and very honest, and I thought she'd be the best person to come on and share the good side about being a single parent because I'm sure there's some there definitely is Amanda thank you so much for having me first of all your podcast kicks ass like I hope I can swear on this you can um yeah I have a little bit of a potty mouth but whatever (laughs) welcome we are family it's done the deal is done thank you so much for having me um yeah I am all of those things the most the title that I take most pride in is being a single mom and a divorcee. There absolutely is a lot of pros um, to being a single mom, at least how I see it. Yeah, it's it's hard and it's emotional and it's crazy. But let's be honest, being a parent is also all of those things. I think whether I was a single mom or not, I would still be going through those emotions. But on the flip side, I don't have to, like on my day-to-day I don't really have to touch base with someone if I don't want to do something or I don't have to worry about like, I don't know, stupid stuff like socks getting left on the couch or whatever. Don't even but, get me started about the socks. Right. But, but <laughs> I, I did it. I did it for a couple of years. I mean, that was the breaker for me. I'm just joking. That wasn't the breaker. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's those day to day things that I, it's just not part of my life anymore. And honestly, I mean, I joke about the socks thing, but it is those little moments that I can really relish in and really celebrate the fact that I am able to mother today the way I want to mother and the kind of parents I want to be because I'm a single mom. And I mean, I inevitably, no matter what your parenting situation looks like, no two people have the same parenting style, no matter what. And the fact that I can kind of do it on both ends like I can I can do the good stuff um on my own and I can fuck up without anyone knowing Mm -hmm. I celebrate that hard um so yeah I think for me I I always it's so strange but I actually always saw myself as being 
a single mom. And this is such a weird story, but I remember being like, I wasn't even 10, sitting in my bedroom and having these visions. And this sounds super hippy dippy, but no, I, rem- cool. I remember having these visions and I literally never understood or thought they were visions. I thought I thought I was daydreaming. Like I thought this is what people called daydreaming and just sort of wrap that in a bow as it was. But it was a vision where I saw myself with a little girl. I never saw anybody else in the picture. And I always thought that's weird to me though. Like I never saw anybody else in the picture, but I actually just thought, you know what? Like I'm so young. I don't have a boyfriend like, or a girlfriend. Like I don't, I don't have anybody that's, it's just natural that I don't see anyone there. And then now, and literally this came to me, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, I was like, I get it. I feel like the universe was just saying, hey, hang on tight. This, this is happening. This is going to happen for you. Um, and it's going to be okay. Like it's going to, it's going to be great. Yeah. And it has, it's been hard, but it's, there's been far more good for me that's come out of this than, than anything else. Yeah, that's huge. You're teaching your daughter so many things too, right? Like, yes, of course, there's challenges when it comes to your daughter, but when you can show her that it's okay to be on your own, it's okay to be independent, you don't need to lean on somebody else all of the time. That's incredible, in my opinion. It is breaking those social norms, right? Because Mm -hmm. like growing up, and I think for so many of us, I mean, there inevitably whatever your background is or your education level there is that kind of fairy tale story where you know you go to school you get an education you get a job you get married you have kids you buy a house and then you live happily ever after but what if you're more miserable than ever like that you know you're not you've filled all the check boxes but is it worth compromising your happiness or your safety or your sanity for any of that I don't think so. And that's what I want to show her that, you know what, you don't have to do all of those things, the way the world may project it or the way you may see firsthand, like, there really is no right way to life. Mm-hmm. And I want her to to see that firsthand. No, that's incredible. Because then you're not giving her this pressure of everything you're supposed to be because I went through exactly what you are talking about. And like, my parents, like if I was to have gotten pregnant before I got married, like, oh my God, would have been a big, huge deal. Um, you know, if I didn't go to school, probably would have been a big deal. Like even now my parents don't get my podcast. They don't get the point of my podcast. They don't get how you could make money potentially off a podcast or people that make money off of Instagram. They're like, that's not a job. Like they don't get it. Right. It doesn't check the box, but it's just, we're all breaking social norms a little bit. And I love that you're teaching your daughter that because I feel like you're hopefully going to take some pressure off of her, right? I mean, we're always going to have pressure, but at least she won't feel a huge amount of pressure from you. I hope so. I I hope so too. I always say like, I don't want to be the reason my kid needs therapy. I mean, I think it's inevitable. No matter what parents, I feel like you're bound to screw up and there's going to like you know, therapy is, is great if you can, if you can do it. Um, and I think inevitably, I mean, my kid is already in therapy and she's four years old, but I don't want to be the reason that she has to work through like childhood traumas or, you know, like any sort of, yeah. Yeah. 
I, uh, I have this friend um, that I work with and she said this quote once and I haven't said it yet to my kids, but you just made me think of it. Um, her daughters are older, they're like 10 and 16 or something, but she's like, I always tell my girls, listen, just make sure at the end of the day, you get yourself a good job. So you got good benefits that so you get a good therapist. Cause I'm trying the best I can. Right. Yeah. Just set them off early with the facts and that's it. You'll be good to go. That's right. So no, I, I completely agree. I mean, and I know this is, this is definitely a conversation for another day, but I'm a huge advocate of therapy. Um, I wish it was something that was, you know, universal and quite honestly, far more accessible for everyone and anyone. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the key. That's the key. A good job, good benefits and a therapist. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, so tell me a little bit about like, how long were you married and like, how long ago did you get divorced? So I have actually, I'm not even legally divorced yet, to be honest. That's, that's the other side of it. I have been separated now um, for two years. Um, We were married prior to that for three years, but here's the kicker. We actually knew each other prior to that for about 10 years. So we very much grew up together. Um, We saw different phases of life together. Uh, Like we got our first like quote unquote professional jobs together. Like we we did. We did a lot of growing up together. And naturally, I thought, you know what? Okay, after 10 years, like, I must know this person. This must be it. It makes sense. Um, but I think also, as you grow up with someone, and not just romantic relationships, I think we can see that this with any relationship, you change as a person. People develop. They grow. You may grow in different directions. Um, you may have different tra- trajectories in life. Like, shit just goes down um and I think for us ultimately that that's what happened um we just wanted different things out of life and to be honest with you I I was miserable I wasn't happy at all and it's not something more than anything that I wanted my daughter to see I always say as cheesy as this sounds in so many ways my daughter has saved me and she for me is the reason that I wanted a different world to be around her like I didn't want her to see me that upset I didn't want her to see the dynamic within that household I just wanted her day-to-day to be to look very very different and that that more than anything I think pushed me to to really really get my life together and say okay listen what is it that you really want are you okay with this being your everyday or do you want to change it and that decision like the hardest friggin decision ever but also not an overnight decision like I I finally admitted that I wanted to separate with my then husband um towards the end of the year and it was something that I was thinking about like I'm not even exaggerating probably for about a year yeah I think I can understand that that would that's such a huge decision like you're changing your child's life. You'd have to move. It's not like you can just, it's not like when you're in kindergarten, kindergarten, I was going to say kindergarten. It's not like when you're in high school and you can just be like, you know what? I don't like you anymore. We're going to break up. Yeah. You're changing you build a life with someone, right? For sure. And you don't know what your life will look like without them when you've been through all of that. And I just really wanted to touch on, um, sorry to interrupt you, but I thought it was really important to touch on for listeners that when you were saying how you guys grew up together and 
how you start to grow as different people. And sometimes that doesn't work. I really wanted to touch on that a little bit. Cause I also think when you have kids that changes you, right? Like even my husband and I, we have to work on our relationship now. It wasn't work before, but now that we have kids and we're working and we're tired and we can't just go out on the weekend and go to the bar and have a great time and dance yeah. all night long, you know, we have to really focus on date nights and everything else. So I just really wanted to touch on that because it's so important to understand that, like, if you guys are growing apart as parents, as individuals, whichever, I think that's very, very normal. Me too. It, However, it's it sometimes you can't always meet my eye to eye again. Right. And that's okay too. I think that's, that's the thing, right. And you just brought up a good example. Once you're in a relationship where you can both make that commitment to put in that effort and put in the work and really understand that it is a two sided, you're tag teaming, you're tag teaming life going forward. As long as there's that clear understanding and that desire to continue working towards it. I mean, I think that's, that's when I highly encourage people to put in the work, do it. Like it's, it's worth it. And I always say like, nobody gets into a relationship or gets married or, or starts a family with the intention of changing that ever. Like it's, it's never part of the plan. Um, But for me, I know, and I can't speak on behalf of, you know, my, my daughter's dad, for me, I got to a point where I didn't want to put in the work anymore. Like I, it was almost too late, unfortunately, at that point. Interestingly enough, and this is something that I definitely knew, we are far better to each other and far better people apart. And we're also far better parents. Like right now, as unconventional as we look as a family, we're actually at a, the healthiest point. Yes. I which is crazy, but uh, also amazing. And that's why I celebrate this. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. I can tell you, okay, so I am not divorced. However, I am a child of divorced parents and I can actually, I swear to God, I can remember when my parents got divorced being relieved because they, they were awful together. They fought all the time in front of us. It was just like, uh, they're fighting again. And it was, it was just so terrible. So my parents got divorced. I will tell them this to this minute. I was so happy when they got divorced. I remember going to therapy, telling the therapist I was happy they got divorced. So children do see that. I'm one of them. And even to this minute, like my parents are good friends. And I do really, in my whole heart, believe they should have never been married. They just should have stayed friends. They, you know, they crossed that line and that's okay. I think they thought it would work and it didn't, but they're way better people for it now. And I think there's so much to that, right? Because I even think back for myself, like I wonder often like why I got married. And to be honest with you, a large part of it for me was that's just what you do. Like I, I've been with this person for the longest time. I had a decent job. Like we were moving in a direction where we were going to to settle down. That was kind of just the next step. Um, And I, I hope as we move forward as a society and especially as a collective, I hope that pressure to get married sort of dissolves where people understand that like, no, like you don't get married just to check something off your list. You get married because you want to get married. But like you said, and I want to bring it back, like that shit takes work, work and dedication. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, tell me a little bit too. I'm curious to know what are your feelings going into holiday season being a single parent? Do you buy? Yeah, I know this is going to be a big loaded question, Amanda. No, I'm just joking. You know what it is. And because there's going to be people that are listening that are like, maybe this is their first Christmas doing this. Cause I know this is your second Christmas, right? It is right. So do you guys share, tell me what that looks like for you and your ex. So interestingly enough, it's now that I think about it, it's actually our third Christmas that we're sharing, but we separated. I'm laughing because we separated just before the holiday season, actually. And it was like, pardon how gruesome this may sound. The wound was still open, like when we were, when it was Christmas for our very first year. Um, And I had no idea what it would look like. Christmas is a very big deal in our house. I'm not for religious reasons, but just like the whole family dynamic, the whole tradition dynamic, it's, it's enormous. And you know, my daughter's dad, he was very aware of that. He was part of that whole sort of process. Um, So that first year, I like, honestly, I feel like I blocked it out, but I was broken. I was broken by the fact that, you know, we weren't together as a family. I was broken by the fact that I had to share my daughter, quite honestly. I was worried what she would think. I was worried about you know questions she may have and to be honest with you at that point she was a little over two she wasn't even two and a half yet actually um so she was very very young but I still like I it was hard it was very 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 hard and the only advice I have for anyone that's going through it for the very first time honestly is to acknowledge your feelings and allow yourself to kind of sit in it as weird as it may feel as uncomfortable as it may feel and also like if you're not sad or upset about it also step into that and own that like it's okay not to feel sad to feel like you were saying before a sense of relief or like you know I actually describe it as like finally being able to breathe a breath of fresh air again that is also okay for me personally I was really 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 sad and literally just sort of kept to myself I know my parents because right after uh, us separating I ended up living with my parents I know they made an extra effort to like really kind of pep me up to make sure that I was kind of always in their presence so that you know I wasn't sort of in a dark corner sobbing because that was the alternative like I remember the first night I was away from my daughter I sobbed the entire night just because she was with me from birth. Like I, I didn't know any different since then though. Um, there has been a change and not that I don't miss her. Like to me, Christmas or the holiday season isn't the same without her. And that that's just me being brutally honest, but I also acknowledge the fact now that a date. So December 25th, isn't Christmas if those other things aren't there. So for instance, like if she's not with us Christmas morning, and this was the case last year, she didn't wake up here Christmas morning. She was at her dad's place. Christmas didn't start until she got here. Like Everybody knew that, okay, it was just a regular day until she was back here. It's really acknowledging all of that and allowing yourself to to really shift the focus away from sort of that cookie cutter and shift your focus away from having it, having everything have to fall in line in a certain way, just because you envisioned it that way. It's really, really just trusting the process and trusting that 
all that matters is the well-being of your kid or your children or your family for that matter of fact um this year though I am kind of a bag of emotions on one end. I have this clarity that, you know what? Yes, she'll be there for a certain amount of time um, and then she'll be back here. Um, And I feel good about that. Like I'm okay with it, but it's also the very first year I'll be sharing her for a winter break because she started JK this year. She's in school um, and it'll be the first time that she'll be away from me for an extended period because not only do we share the holiday season, we also share breaks, like any sort of break from school. Um, So this will be the first year that she'll, I won't actually physically see her for about a week. And like, even as I think about it, my heart sinks a little bit because I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I don't know what my life looked like before my kid. And I, I had full intentions at the beginning of 2020 to, because I knew this was coming to honestly go away for the time that she wasn't here just so in a way I could ignore the problem. Thank you, pandemic. I can't do that. So I will be, I'll be at home and allowing myself to kind of just process what that looks like. I'm going to make an extra effort to really dedicate that time to myself though. And I mean, even in going away, that was the intention to, to take some time for myself to really get back in touch with who I was before being a mom. I mean, now that I am a mom, I don't think you ever go back, but I think really taking the time to acknowledge who I am now to grow into that and to celebrate that, you know what? Yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a single mom, but I'm also a person. Like at the end of the day, I'm also Sharana and I want to kind of get back in touch with what I love doing, you know, my passions. Um, so really that's, that's the game plan. Will there be tears? Yes, I, I know that for sure. But I think for me, it's, it's sitting in it. And I mean, if that means I'm sitting three days straight in a pair of, you know, jammies and like, I'm up to my nose in marshmallows watching movies. So be it. Like, I think for me, how I've processed being divorced, being a single mom, especially the harder moments, is just letting it be. Just trusting that, you know what, everything comes to an end. She will be back here eventually. And the good news is when she comes back, I'm sure she'll have amazing stories to tell me. And I'll have stories to tell her as well. It's really kind of creating that connection. You know how they, and it's so cliche, you know how they say like, you only miss something when it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's exactly that. It's exactly that, that I, the day-to-day stuff, like I, you get caught up in it. You get caught up in the rat race. You get caught up in making sure, you know, your kids need, have whatever they need and just kind of working from task to task. When she's not here and I'm jumping from task to task, it really does make me recognize and acknowledge the power that she plays in my life um, and how much of my time and energy and space goes into her. So it's, It'll be a balancing act this year. There's some nerves, there's some anxiety for sure, but I'm also, I'm going to take that time and, and dedicate it to myself, or at least that's the plan. I wish I could clap like really, really loud, but people might get annoyed. (laughs) But I love that you said that because that has been a huge mind frame of my podcast. It's been a huge mind frame shift for myself And I love that you're saying that for people to hear that, because I do think it's so important 
that you are focusing on yourself. You're allowing yourself to feel those feelings. But I also yeah. love that you said what you said is like, I am Sharana because you are. Yes, you are mom. Yes, I am mom. But I was a person before I was mom. And that person matters too. Exactly. That person matters so much because once you lose that person, like, like you said, when, when that is gone, you realize how, what a big piece of your life she is. And of course she is, but it's also important that Sharana knows who Sharana is and Sharana takes time for Sharana. I saw this quote, I said this on another um, podcast actually, but it brings me back to it. It's like, if you don't take time for your wellness, you'll be forced to take time for your illness. And I feel like it's the same thing of what you're saying. Like you have to take this time for yourself. And yes, of course you can sit and you can miss her and you can cry. And so you should. And so you will, because I can't imagine not having my kids for Christmas, but you're really pointing out key things for me. Like Christmas doesn't start until they get here. So does Christmas have to be the 25th? No, it does not. And okay. So I'm coming back to putting myself into your shoes a little bit when I was younger and we had like, I had different Christmases. My Christmas was always busy, but it didn't matter to me that I didn't wake up at my dad's house or didn't wake up at my mom's house. I had a great time no matter which way I woke up at. And then it was even actually more exciting to know that guess what later I'm going to go to my mom's house and I'm going to get more gifts and I'm going to have more turkey. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. So if that helps you too, if you think about like your daughter may one day be like, well, I get two Christmases. I still do. My husband basks in the glory now because he's like, we get Christmas dinner with my parents and we get two Christmas dinners with Amanda's family because her family's divorced. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know what? It's really cool. And it's when I first was kind of at that crux of getting the divorce. A lot of my worries and concerns was around how Nat would process it, even at that age. Like I, I worried. And now, I mean, she's four years old. She'll say to me like, mom, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for, you know, for the good day I'm having, or like, I really, really think, and you said this earlier, like, I feel like kids get it and they get it at any age where they understand that, you know what, some dynamics, they just don't work. And really ultimately, like as long as she's doing okay, I'll be fine. Yeah. And you're doing everything that you can. You're really focusing on yourself, which is huge. And she might not see that you're focusing on herself, on yourself, sorry, right now, but when she's older, she's going to yeah. remember how her mother put herself first. Her mother did what was best for herself. And you're going to teach her that. So she's going to be like a badass woman. And I she's not going to let every, anybody screw with her happiness because that's what she was taught, you know, and you've got her in therapy, like you said. So you're doing everything that you can, right? You're not, you didn't just stay, you didn't stay in a terrible situation and let her see her mother be unhappy, which I think is huge because some people do think, you know, staying in the relationship for the better of the children is best. And it's not always best. And you recognize that right away. I had to, I mean, for me, and again, it really, really goes back to the fact that I couldn't see myself being a mom and telling a child, whether, you know, it was a little girl or a little boy, Hey, I want you to live your best life. I want you to live your truth. I want you to be honest with yourself. Nothing else really matters. I couldn't project that out and then literally not walk the talk. 
Like, yeah. can you believe if your kid ever turned to you and say, listen, mom, you're such a hypocrite. Like I would die. I would feel like, oh, oh I mean, yeah, you called me out. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I knew, I knew I had to, to make the change for sure. And I, you know, something I definitely wanted to, um, to acknowledge and to to chat about is kids they're so smart and they put at any age they put things together so instinctively I want to say yeah Matt had actually asked me you know while she was in I think in uh preschool she said to me she goes mom how come some families look different like how come some families have a mom and dad and some families just have a mom some families just have a dad some families have a mom like two moms or two dads and how come we have like grandma grandpa uncle and you and me and I said to her I go you know what makes a family respect and love I go once there's respect and love I go there could be one person in the family or a hundred people in the family that's what matters and this little bugger turned to me and said is that why you and daddy don't live together and I'm like oh my god wasn't ready for it but I just Right. And, and I said to her, though, I go, you know what? I go, do you know why we don't live together? I go, because we can respect each other when we're in two different homes. And I left it at that because I was like, girl, I am not ready. I am not ready. And she was okay with that, though. Right. And I think ultimately, because she sees that, you know what, we are taking care of ourselves, like we were talking about before, we are prospering and we are genuinely happier. I think that's enough for her, at least right now. No, totally agree. I agree. Kids are so innocent, but they're so smart. Just look at this pandemic. Yeah. What our children have taken in, you know, molded themselves around. They're wearing friggin' masks in the grocery store. My two-year-old, as soon as I open the car door, if we're going to go to the grocery store, she goes, mama mask. And if it comes off her nose, she goes, my nose. She's oh. two years old. But they look just adapt. They just yeah. adapt. And that's they what it is. And they understand they take it all in and you're right, but they do, they come out with these things and you're not ready for it. But I think your answer simple to the point, you know, and teaches her respect is respect and love is love and end of story. Right. And that's, that's exactly what I wanted to be. I mean, even, you know, I was saying earlier that Nat is at a point now where she's, she wants a sibling. Um, and I, she actually asked me, she's like, you know, where do babies come from? I'm not ready to have the sex talk with my four-year-old yet. Like I'm, I'm just not there. And I keep saying to her, like, you know, it comes from, from love. Um, because the other side of it, like, I also don't want her to grow up thinking like only a man and a woman can have a family together. Like I want her to also acknowledge, or that like, you have to have sex to become a mom. Like I want her to know that there's so many different options as well. Like this poor four-year-old, I'm sure I load her with a lot of crap, but this is also the reason that like, I'm very much an advocate of like open communication, you know, taking a, having a community to really support you. Yeah. You have to be, (laughs) you have to be, cause you know what? She's going to come with to you with questions anyway. So as long as you're open with her, that's perfect. That's amazing. Well, earlier too, we were talking about some pros and cons and I can imagine all the cons I don't even really know that we really even need to get into the cons because I think you can pretty much sum up what a con would be being a single parent right you have to do a lot of things by yourself you don't have you are mom and dad 
or mom and mom, or you are all parents when you're by yourself. Absolutely. And that can be hard because I'm by myself with the kids on the weekends. So my husband works 12 hour days. So I do, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, bed on my own. And I am so physically exhausted because it is just me, mom, 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 all day long. It's a lot. So when I think about moms or dads who are doing that all day, every day, I commend you because it's a lot for me just to do it for three days. And often on a single income. That's the other. Totally. That's the other piece. You don't even think about it, right? You don't even think about how much that other person's income you can rely on. Yeah. And I think that if we're going to be very honest, that was something that I wasn't prepared for. The, like the physical part of it, like the, the doing and the taking care of, honestly, I was doing that before, like even in a household with, with um, my, my daughter's dad, um, I was doing it all at that point. So I was prepared for that. But the fact that we were a dual income family. I mean, I'm lucky and blessed and thankful to say that, you know what, we were, we were at an income level where we didn't have to, I mean, we watched our pennies, we were middle-class, but we weren't like when that dual income changed, we weren't middle-class anymore. We, I was a single, we were a single income family and that heavily, heavily shifts. And I don't think that's something that is often talked about. Mm -hmm motherhood but you you learn very quickly how to stretch a penny you learn very quickly the value of imaginative play you learn very quickly um you know how to use your resources effectively um I mean I'm extremely lucky that um I have a great relationship with my parents and like we have a roof over our head and they're all hands on deck to to support but yeah it's a it's a shift Oh God, a- yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually didn't think of that. And it would be because if I, my, my husband and I have had this conversation before, like if one of us lost our jobs, it would be like a huge financial shift that we'd have to figure yeah. out. Or when I went on maternity leave, you know, we had yeah. to really have a money conversation, which is so uncomfortable sometimes, but you got to do what you got to do. So That's thanks right. for bringing that up. I didn't think of that. That's a very valid point. Well, tell me some pros. Cause I want to I mean, the fact that I get to spoil my kid and no one's over my head to say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know what? It is. It, for me, the biggest sort of win and the biggest pro, no matter what, is the decision making. But I mean, like the small decision making. Thankfully, in our situation, I mean, we're co-parenting. And what that means is that the larger decisions we we make together and larger decisions. Um, and this is going to sound very legal because it is very legal. Um, so the larger decisions are around like her education, um, her religion and her health. Those three things collectively, we come together um, to, to make the decision on, but the day-to-day stuff, like what she's eating for lunch, you know, when she has a bath, what she's wearing, it's like, and it's stuff that you honestly take for granted, but, and I always call it my past life. Those were things that I would have to make sure that, you know, the other partner was okay with, or that he and that other partner would have to make sure I was okay with. I don't have to tag team with anyone right now. And how about this? You don't have to, you don't have to explain your $10 coffee to anybody. No, no, I don't. Like, and I, I always go back to, I always see these memes about like, you know, um, 
my husband is giving me a hard time because I have a plethora of Amazon orders coming in. Dude, when Amazon delivers on my front step, I'm not answering to anyone, right? Because the other side of it, and I know this is very situational, is is, because we were talking about it, is that financial freedom, right? Like my, I can spend my money now, however I wish. And that's given my situation, that wasn't the case. There, like, I have a lot of really silly examples, especially around that. I mean, I am a huge advocate for celebrating life. Like, I literally still celebrate my daughter's half birthdays. Oh, I love that. I do, because you know what? Like, you have to celebrate life. And to me, like, you have to make the most of the little things just because it all comes to an end. And I mean, as gloomy as I may sound, I mean, maybe that's the biggest lesson I learned from my divorce or like separating that you could potentially have the happiest life, but that one day, the slightest thing could create the biggest shift. Um, And like every year now, and I want to talk about like kind of that financial freedom. I do. I have a, a birthday party for her. And I mean, this year, obviously that looked different given the pandemic, we had a drive by, but like, I remember years prior, we would have to set a budget, I would be required to like stick to that budget, it would be all on me this year. I mean, yes, because I want to also be financially responsible, I did set a budget, but I had flexibility, like I knew what I could afford, I knew what I wanted to do, and I could just carry it out. The other huge, huge, huge pro to me is that relationship with my daughter. Mm -hmm. As selfish as this sounds, like I my version of parenting or my idea of parenting is um i don't even know how to to describe it is to treat my kid like a human being almost like an equal and that sounds so weird when i say it like that but very much to treat her as an equal i want to know her thoughts i want to know her ideas i want to know how things make her feel i want to know how she is like how she's seeing the world how she's processing it that i can do as a single mom because in the situation I was in, that wasn't welcome. And I know that I'm hoping that's different from family to family. Um, but I, I always say I am able to be the mother I am today because I'm a single mom. Because I can do these experiences, I, these things with her. Like, I don't have to make sure. It, and I, I laugh because this was my world, though. I don't have to make sure dinner's on the table by six o'clock, the laundry is all done and folded, plus have a full-time job, plus have, you know, a clean, neat, respectable child. Like, I don't have to do that. Literally, if the dishes are in the sink for three days, that's on me. Sometimes it's on my daughter not to get it done to. Like, and I joke, but we really, the, I don't know, it's very strange to say, but I think the fact that it's just us and just between us and the onus is on us that to me is very very empowering is it a lot harder yes honestly I mean it's also a lot of pressure but there's also a lot of freedom that comes with that pressure and a lot of sort of happiness I mean not necessarily about being a single mom but even about being a divorcee like I I literally in a moment of the most uncertainty felt a wave of like I just felt such a huge boulder lift off of me when I when I made the decision like I'm done I'm done with this this situation I'm done with the relationship um 
And that, I mean, also the biggest pro, and I think this should be kind of the crux for anything and everything, my happiness. I've never been happier. I've never, ever been happier right now. That's it. I'm happy. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. And so is my kid. Like she's not, she's not sad or she's not around, you know, sort of a, a dynamic that is unhealthy anymore. Right. She's, she's okay. She's, she's okay. And if, if there's any pros to top the pros, I mean, to me, that's, that's the one. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for sharing that. It's so important. And I think people have to hear it because I think sometimes, even when, even if you're in like the thick of becoming a single parent or you've just become one, it's probably really hard to see those pros at this moment. So just to hear someone say, yeah, okay, there's really sucky parts of being a single parent. There's also really sucky parts of being, you know, in a parenting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not something people are talking about. And we're not talking about the pros about being a single parent, but there are some, there's a lot of them. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing. Before I uh, wrap this up, I also really want to touch quickly on boss because I brought it up at the beginning. I really would love it if you could share with my listeners what boss is and how it was created. And you know, if, if it's something they're interested in, how can they get involved? Yes. So boss is a collective built around brunch opportunities and a support system. And what that means is we do exactly what we've just done. We shoot the shit. We talk about taboo topics. We talk about anything and everything, typically over a meal. The reason that I started this entire collective and the reason I'm so passionate about it is because the minute you take the stigmatism off of something or away from something or the embarrassment, the easier it is for people to, to one, talk about it, but also to feel normal. It really is the intention to just normalize what real life looks like. The reality is, you know what, we're not Pinterest perfect. If you are looking for a curated life, I am not that person. Like it's, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's, it's not. Um, and that's why I built boss. It's to talk about exactly that. It's to talk about that. You know what? Yeah. Sometimes life is tough. Sometimes it'll knock you around left, right, and center. But the reality is let's talk about it. Let's acknowledge the fact that, you know what? And I firmly believe this, we're not meant to be in this life alone. We are meant to be amongst people now, given the pandemic and the fact that we're not physically together with a lot of our folks, the essence of boss, I think has strengthened that much more because virtually and literally right around the world, we can unite on these topics that really aren't often talked about. And I like, I definitely want to talk about social media a little bit here because one of like, I don't have a huge platform. I'm not like a 10 K person, but I will say the folks that follow me, the folks that interact with me are the most authentic people mm-hmm. ever. And we get in deep, we get in deep on topics that aren't often talked about. And the reason I bring this up is my most sort of liked or discussed post is the one that I talk about um, being sexy as a single mom, because, mm-hmm. and I feel like so many mothers, no matter the situation, goes through the experience where, you know, when you become a mom, you almost lose that sexiness feeling that like, you know, when you're like, I'm a mom, like I, 
I, I don't, I don't have that urge. It's almost like, you know what? I can't show cleavage anymore. I can't wear a short skirt anymore. Like there's so many things because of that title mom, where I kind of clap back and say, you know what? You're a mom and this is the sexiest you've probably ever been. And own that, own the fact that, you know what? Like you have it all together, no matter what you look like, right? Like, and it's, it's interesting the, the things that come to light in line with the whole boss sort of world. I've also started a weekly newsletter called Boss Connector. Um, and through that, it's another channel where folks connect and really share their stories very intimately and in depth about very taboo topics. I mean, some of the things that we've talked about, we talk about single motherhood, we talk about being divorced. Um, we talk about a lot of issues that aren't often talked about. Uh, we had a ghostwriter provide an entry around um, like domestic uh, violence and domestic abuse and just sort of fleeing that situation and kind of you know empowering folks to to really do their everything to live their very best life and I think that that is the essence of boss right that you never ever have to settle you never ever have to be alone and the minute you feel like that you're welcome at this table come on you're not going to be judged you're not like come as you are, come as you are, bring it, you know, whether it's that Pinterest perfect picture of yourself, or you know what, that hot mess, bring it, everyone is welcome. And we'll chat it through and we'll support each other. I love that. Thank Thank you you for sharing. I think that's amazing. Because there's so many topics that even like, if I was to bring an example, even myself, when I was struggling through postpartum depression, I was a new mom. I was, or I was a second time mom, but still I was a new mom to a toddler and a newborn. And it took me months to say it to anybody, how I was feeling. So, you know, even if it's just someone that doesn't want to have that conversation yet, but can sit within a conversation with like-minded people, you know, then you start to feel more comfortable. Like instead of going like, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that. I cannot believe she just said that. But then it's like, oh, she just said that nobody judged her. Exactly. Right. So such a huge wake up call for me. I remember sitting in a room probably about two months after getting my, or separating um, and it was the first time amongst like 20 other women, I was, I was at an event in Toronto. I said, you know, I'm newly divorced. And literally my eyes scanned the room to see if anybody would be like, oh my God, or like, you know, kind of shuffle aside in case, in case it was like contagious or something. Nobody even blinked. And I was like, okay, so this isn't weird, I guess. Like, but it but no also one cares, right? Like no one cares. And that's thought that they were going to be like, oh God, she's divorced. She's one exactly. of the Exactly. 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 Why we think that I have no idea. It's insane to me. Like who gives a shit that she's divorced? That's like, reality. That's the reality. And that's, that's exactly the emotion that I want behind a lot of these topics that we we rather not talk about like my tagline right now is like, if you think it's taboo, I'm going to make a table talk because it is, let's talk it through. What do we have to lose? Exactly. Right? And, and it's like you said to me, connecting and talking is very active. Part of that is yes, vocalizing, but it's also listening and internalizing what people are saying. Amazing. No, it's wonderful. Where, so would your Instagram be the part where people can kind of get involved with boss if this is something okay so share where tell my listeners your instagram handle 
and your website, if you have one, where can they find you? So unpopular topic, but I actually do not have a website. Anybody want to help me? Neither do you. Yes. Amanda, you are my people. This is I it. Don't like, know how. And I just, I also don't really have a use for one. Like what I don't would think I, I do either yet? That's yeah. And I think that's my thing too. Like, I think I will eventually, but right now I don't particularly have a use for one. Um, but Instagram is easy. Exactly. I'm finding everybody on Instagram. Like everyone I'm chatting with is Instagram and yeah. I don't know. And then we go to zoom like you and I did. And then we, well, we meet quote unquote in person. Exactly. So on Instagram, I am boss, the sixth edition. That's B-O-S-S-T-H-E-S-I-X-E-D-I-T-I-O-N. <laughs> awesome. I will make sure that she is tagged in the post as well as in the show notes. So if anyone misses that, I will have it there for you. You have to check out her page, you know, and if the boss is something that you are interested in getting yourself involved in, that's how you can find it. You just reach out to Sharana. She is so yeah. open to DMs and, you know, we chat all the time and her Instagram page is amazing. Like she was talking about the the post with the sexiness and she's always got posts about being a single mom and you know, some other topics that have um, really hit me in my heart and I've really enjoyed checking out your page. So thank you for being your authentic self because we need people like you. Let's normalize being normal. Like as weird as that is, like let's, I don't know how we fell into this world where everything needed to be like in its right place and polished, but I, I can't do that. And maybe it sounds like I'm giving up, but I know there are others out there that also can't commit to that. So let's unite and not and not commit to that together, um, but also support each other in, in that journey. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on to my podcast. The Honest as a Mother podcast needs people like you. So thank you for being honest and sharing your story and your fears, but also how being a single parent can be kick-ass. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Thanks, Amanda. Well, guys, thank you again for tuning in for another week. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.